Gotham Season 5, Episode 7, Ace Chemicals. I'm David Mizzouz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Andrew Sellen, Mr. Penn on Gotham, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lord Taylor, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Francesca Root Dodson. I play Echo on Gotham. You're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, fellow Gothamites. Welcome back, fellow detectives. And a big thank you to Francesca Root Dodson, who plays Echo, for that new intro. Uh, And yes, if you haven't already, please head on over to Gotham TV Podcast to listen to uh, our interview that my colleague here and podcast partner, Derek O'Neill, did with her this week. Yeah, great uh, little interview. Uh, Really good fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, And of course, Francesca Root Dodson uh, sounds absolutely great on set. I would say she was an absolute blast and (laughs) really interesting to you know, hear her talk about the differences between season four and season five of Gotham with respect to her character Echo mm-hmm. uh, and of course Jeremiah's assistant previously. Uh, so yeah, great stuff. Thank you. Yeah, it was really good to talk to her and that laugh that she has is so infectious. I really enjoyed enjoyed our chat, I must say. It's really good, isn't it? But fellow Gothamites, this is Gotham TV Podcast and we are on episode 137, mm-hmm. where we are looking at Gotham Legend of the Dark Knight, Season 5, Episode 7, Ace Chemicals. And guess what? I'm one of your hosts, John. And I'm your other host, Derek. Yes, thank you very much, and welcome back uh, to, I suppose, the big event that's been teased for so many seasons now. We are at Ace Chemicals, and at the creation of the Joker, effectively. Yeah, it's Ace that. It's Ace that, mate. <laughs> I was wondering whether you were going to be able to do your uh, your accent. My Scouse accent, yeah. yes. Um, yes, ace is a the word that is used to describe boss or something that's really good in, in Liverpool, if you're from Liverpool, or a Scouser, as they are known uh, locally. Uh, and so, yes, Ace Chemicals, and of course, a great, great episode this is of, of Gotham. It's really, I think, with that name, completely completely iconic yes without a doubt without a doubt but i think we should start getting into our discussion about the episode john absolutely on with our spoiler filled review Derek, what are some of the episode details well this episode was directed by john stevens one of the showrunners for the show recently uh, it was called out that he actually took over as showrunner for the show uh, at the end of season two when bruno heller stepped away from the show uh, bruno heller was the original creator of the show along with danny cannon so john stevens stepped into his shoes at that point uh, Obviously, he's a huge fan of Batman and the big mythos that's been built up behind uh, every other character that's on the show. So having him involved in the director's seat is a pretty good idea, right? Yeah, it's a great plan, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember meeting John Stevens at New York Comic Con. And uh, yeah, uh, very, very vibrant and very, very uh, high octane energy for sure. And I think he brings this to Gotham most definitely. Without a doubt. And currently he is working on... Metropolis, a TV show for the DC Universe streaming service. I haven't heard about this for quite a while. We mentioned it, I think, before last year, maybe on, on season four, talk about, about Gotham, but we haven't really mentioned it in a while. Um, it's still planned for the DC Universe streaming service with Danny Cannon. And it's a story about the city of Metropolis, about the investigative journalism uh, in the city before the arrival of Clark Kent. Sounds quite familiar with Gotham as the city before Bruce Wayne turns up. 
we've had a few villains coming over from the Superman universe to join Gotham. Do you think it's a possibility, given the people behind the show, that maybe we might have some villains from this show appearing on Metropolis in the future? Yeah, I mean, it'd be really, really interesting Wouldn't because, it? I mean, certainly for me, um, you know, obviously I know Superman. Mm. I know the movies. I've never really read too much. Uh, I loved Smallville. But, right. I mean, in terms of the canon of Superman, I'm really not very well versed in that at all. Right. And so as such, I can't really imagine uh, Metropolis before Superman in that sense. And, and um, you know, the people that would inhabit it that you would see become superman's villains in metropolis once he's there do you know what i mean it's one of those things that i'm just really not clear i'm sure there absolutely are loads of villains and antagonists that will be there i just for me i just don't really know that so in that sense i am actually really really interested in seeing this because i do think that what has been done with gotham Mm -hmm. has been really brilliant and it'll be interesting to see danny cannon and John Stevens' take on this, uh, given what they have brought to Gotham. Yeah, it'll be, I think it'll be really interesting, and I suppose because of the Superman mythos being so connected to what we've seen in Metropolis before, well, when Superman isn't there, then you don't have anything to rely on with Krypton or any of the uh, space aliens that are in, the sh- in those shows, or in those comic books. You don't have any of that to rely on. So I wonder what way they're going to set this and how they're actually going to plan that series. You know, it's quite interesting yeah. to see. Yeah, I mean, I just wonder if, say, with the Man of Steel, series that whole idea that um you know there are outposts of krypton uh already on earth right maybe you know and so those kind of things could be really really interesting yeah. to see but that's the director for the episode the episode was written by zishan we've talked about zishan so many times over the last couple of years he's become a real guiding writer on the show since he joined in season three but he's been a story editor on 15 episodes of the show, show so far and he's only been here since season three kind of interesting isn't it uh, and he's written seven episodes as well so definitely one of the guiding forces behind the show definitely that is a lot of input a lot of creative input into gotham mm-hmm. i think you can really tell um his stamp on it as well so excellent stuff yeah really yeah. good and I will say there's a very interesting uh, interview that was, was out this week with Danny Cannon about Gotham and about the creation of the show and how they have kept it running the whole time. Danny Cannon is one of the writers on the show as well, as we all know. He's written a bunch of episodes, but he says what he likes to do is bring on the same writers and the same directors over and over again because of how Gotham works as a universe being quite different from other shows. So this is the reason why we see the same people coming back over and over again. The writers that capture the universe of Gotham and the directors that capture that universe of Gotham, they like to stay on board because it's such a different way of doing things. So that's the reason. But it's a really good interview. If you haven't read it yet, pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Gotham TV podcast. And it's in the uh, in the feed in there. But John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. Jim Gordon races with Leslie Tompkins to the Narrows to investigate and uncover the criminal elements responsible for the deaths of members of the Chessmen gang. The grisly murder and the use of chemicals also threaten to end talks with the military that promised Gotham's reunification with the mainland. Meanwhile, ignoring Jim's warning, Bruce Wayne searches for Alfred, who has been missing for five days. As he searches Gotham, he is pulled along a new path as he spots, then follows, a couple that resemble his dead parents. Entering a tunnel, Bruce is led to Wayne Manor, where a very much alive Jeremiah sets in motion his twisted recreation of the murder of Bruce's parents with the help of Jervis Tetch. 
As Jeremiah unleashes his final spin, he prepares to insert himself into Bruce's history by murdering Jim and Leslie Tompkins. At the last minute, Selina comes to the rescue. As Jeremiah flees, he uses Echo to set off his poisonous chemicals on Gotham, but while it is foiled by Jim, the toxins pollute the water from the city to the mainland. Pursued by Bruce, Jeremiah enters Ace Chemicals, where he battles Bruce, but as they fight, he falls into one of the chemical vats, leaving him severely disfigured. Meanwhile, as the military decide against reunification, Oswald, Enigma, and Babs come to a truce and a new arrangement to escape the prism that is Gotham. Fantastic. Yes, one of the biggest episodes so far on the show. I think we can all agree with that, yeah? Yeah, in so many ways. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Such a, such a wonderful set of things going on. And yeah, really interesting that those toxins are now in the river of Gotham. So what's that going to mean for the citizens of Gotham? We know that what it means um, to the outside forces is they're no longer coming in to save the citizens of Gotham, which is pretty awful. Absolutely, but also... Killer Croc, Killer Croc, Killer <laughs> Croc, Killer Croc. I have been predicting him to come for, since season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may not arrive the way I predicted, but nonetheless, if Killer Croc isn't created from a whole load of poisonous chemicals going into the waterways, mm-hmm. uh, polluting the sewers, I don't know how he's going to get created. <laughs> It'd be so interesting if we see him next week. I think you'd you'd be very happy, we'll say. I really would, uh, yeah, yeah. I'd definitely make it in our WTF uh, video for YouTube, wouldn't it? It certainly would, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Right, let's get on to our case notes for this week. Case note number one, a path to Wayne Manor. John? Yes, the path to Wayne Manor is listed with newspapers uh, from a different time and multiple sightings of Bruce's dead parents. That mm. must have been really, really freaky. Um, and uh, yes, this tunnel is the one that Jeremiah was constructing underneath um, the the water, mm-hmm. underneath the, the river to get out of Gotham, so we thought. But we did see in the last episode, it is a route to behind the great fireplace at Wayne Manor. And uh, Bruce ultimately finds himself following that path to Wayne Manor as he follows his dead parents, or what he believes to be uh, people that resemble his dead parents. And uh, yes, it's kind of, he comes out the other end and it's like, surprise! (laughs) Because there is uh, Jeremiah Alfred and his mum and dad, pretty good uh, recreations of them with the whole cosmetic surgery. And it's really good to see. I think what's really nice here is that Brett Taylor, who plays Martha, and Grayson McCouch, uh, who plays Thomas Wayne, you know, they return from effectively season one. Uh, So that's a really nice touch, I think, here to get the original actors back uh, playing Thomas and Martha Wayne. But obviously, they're supposed to be other people who have had the, the knife taken to their face fat inserted where it shouldn't have been fat removed from other places to then be you know revealed to be thomas and martha wayne Uh i think the good thing here as well is that um they have all been hypnotized so i mean there's a really freaky moment there with alfred because the last um episode alfred's really trying to resist what jeremiah is doing yeah and then 
uh, he's very complicit here and, and compliant, I should say, uh, with this whole situation. Uh, but that's also because we have another great character that returns uh, for this episode in Jervis Tech. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to have him there. And I love Jeremiah's explanation of it, where he's going, everything's on such a big plan today, I couldn't afford anything to go wrong. So that's why I've manipulated them. And that's why I've given them this brainwashing effectively, which I really like. I thought that's a good, a good laugh. But interestingly, they are fully brainwashed. In fact, we get this really interesting one where Alfred doesn't even know that there's a bomb right in front of him. He thinks it might be an Italian meringue cake. It is. It's a big (laughs) meringue, a big red meringue. Uh, This is really good because obviously later on we um, have these bombs set off, effectively Mm -hmm. destroying Wayne Manor. And it is kind of the the, the tick-tock down, that, that countdown to the explosion is of the smiley faces. So we have smiley destruction by... Italian meringues, effectively, in the eyes of Alfred. And I thought that's uh, really good. You know, the meringues go boom and off goes um, Wayne Manor into orbit uh, as it's exploded off the face of the Earth. It's so sad after this long, after five seasons, to see Wayne Manor coming down. We saw it, obviously, in the pilot, just like seeing uh, Bruce's parents coming back for this episode, which is such a wonderful touch, as you mentioned, John, I have to say, bringing the two of them back and finding out a way to get the two of them into the show for this season. I just think it's a lovely touch. They only appeared on screen for just a few seconds, a minute or two back in season one, but they are so formative in the career of Bruce Wayne that it's really important to have them back in the show. I also think there's an interesting touch in here and I'm not sure whether you caught it John but it feels like a real callback to Adam West's Batman where Bruce is trying to convince Alfred to leave the house and Alfred's saying no no I've got some tidying up to do and Bruce tells him there's a gas leak. That moment in between those two where Bruce is trying to convince him and then he goes there must be some way out of this. That real moment where he talks out loud to the camera is very like Adam West. He's not talking directly to the camera, of course, but where he's saying his thoughts out loud, it really felt like Adam West's Batman, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. And that's, yeah, that's an interesting point, I think. I do remember it in the episode, but Mm -hmm. yeah, a really interesting point. But luckily, because of that, um, Bruce manages to save Alfred Mm -hmm. from the exploding Wayne Manor, uh, which is really good. Again, this is where they will presumably enhance those tunnels when they rebuild Wayne Manor uh, in order for them to have a huge back cave uh, and kind of subterranean network and office. Absolutely, and of course have a facility to bring the Batmobile in and out of <laughs> of Wayne Manor as well. Uh, speaking of that path and that tunnel to Wayne Manor, let's get on to case note number two because it's not just a path to Wayne Manor to some people. It's also the only way out of Gotham, right? Because we're they've left the city, they've gone off to Wayne Manor. And for our other two characters, case note number two, it is a way out of Gotham for them. Selena and Penguin working together, trying to get out of the city. But first, we have a wonderful scene with Selena and Penguin trying to test how to get across the river. Uh, this is probably my favourite moment uh, of the episode, my comedy favourite moment of the episode. Yes, I mean, this is literally Penguin testing the water with live human subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a visual treat of penguins and selena's facial expressions yeah it is an audio treat in just the the booms going off Mm -hmm. uh, as penguin sends off a rowing boat or a fisherman's boat into the water Uh, but of course the military have peppered the, the surrounding waterways with mines and you just hear boom but then there is a moment of hope because the captain of the ship 
the the jolly Roger that has been uh, testing for for Penguin um, has managed to escape, and then you just hear how the boom, <laughs> and uh, yes. Uh, the captain has gone down in multiple pieces uh, <laughs> as he too has hit a mine. So, I mean, yeah, really, really good stuff. It's here. so well sold by Robin North Taylor, as, as we mentioned yeah. before. Really good fun to have this moment. And again, totally sold just on the performances of the two two actors here in the scene. Really, really good. Um, but of course, only in Gotham, when you're trying to keep a whole area like Gotham down and you're trying to keep them back only there would you put mines in the rivers as well. Like This just shows you how crazy the whole government of this country is. Not only uh, the Gothamites, and not, not just how crazy Gotham is, it's also you know the military forces that are trying to block people from getting out of the city, mining the rivers. That's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but the, the waterways are not the way to go. But of course, Selena knows about this tunnel that Jeremiah was creating. And mm. so brings um, Penguin to, to the tunnel, says that there is this other way out. Uh, and they arrive just after uh, Wayne Manor has exploded and Alfred is appearing bruised and battered uh, but still alive at the other end. And this is where Selena finally realizes that she didn't kill Jeremiah. He's still alive. And the grisly tale of what is to come, this recreation of that night of Bruce's parents' death and murder uh, and, and everything that set off the Gotham, effectively. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, this is it's really nice, this idea that Jeremiah is trying to insert himself into uh, Bruce Wayne's life here. But what happens is you get uh, the reenactment, really inserting Selena back into Bruce Wayne's um, life as well. And, and she, she takes up the guilt or, in some ways, the, the thing that has been unsaid between Bruce and her about her not intervening on that night, simply just watching. And she turns it around uh, in order to, at this time, to intervene in what Jeremiah's plans are. So I I find that really, really good. But um, we also hear that this relationship between Selina and then Oswald is not as concrete as we thought it might be it, it's not as solid it's kind of on shaky foundations here yeah because um, i suppose what's interesting is that know? we thought that her murdering jeremiah is what changed her right uh, that that's what moved her from being selena kyle into this uncompromising catwoman the, the person that's has killed jeremiah and is living with the consequences actually what it's what it's done is it's made her realize that she can kill that she's capable of killing even though she didn't kill jeremiah her instant reaction after finding out that she didn't kill him is to threaten oswald and say i may not have killed jeremiah but i will kill you if you turn on me um completely exposing i suppose the truth of their relationship that she shared with barbara earlier on in the episode she went to barbara and said to him what you actually think i'm working with him no no he's just got loads and loads of really good stuff so i'm gonna steal all that find out his plan to leave the city and then kill him do you want in on us do you want to join me and we'll kill him and then we'll both leave the city together which is quite interesting uh, that that's the way they're going to go a really funny moment between the two of them i love how barbara's dealing with being a parent or the impending parenthood coming absolutely up. you know yeah. selena's kind of looking at her going uh, let's go together and she goes, yeah, we'll be the single ladies of Gotham. And Selena's going, you're pregnant? <laughs> like pointing a gun at her going, shut up, don't say a word, basically. So uh, really, really interesting scenes. But because of the breakdown of this relationship between uh, Oswald and Selena, Oswald now goes to Ed to get his help. 
which is really interesting. He's claiming that this, that fate has planned for the two of them to be together. I don't know whether Oswald is losing his touch on how he's using his explanations or whether Ed's just got a, a really soft spot still for him. But Ed seems to accept it pretty readily from him, even though the two of them have tried to kill each other a few times. Uh, they have kept their distance from each other quite a bit since they had that last moment on, on the docks, obviously. Um, but, you know, it's kind of saying that the reason why they should get together and get out of the city is because, well, they're both still alive even after all the things that have happened. So that must mean the fate's trying to keep them alive for each other. <laughs> it's quite an interesting concept, I suppose, from Oswald. Yeah, I think so. And But it's a nice team up again. Um, and of course, we get the submarine from Ed. The plans for the submarine. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those things that's really iconic from uh, Batman 66. Absolutely. Uh, that... The Penguin has his own sort of Penguin submarine. Really good to see. And, of course, Babs now is a part of this. Um, she She's come to kill Oswald to take revenge on Tabitha after speaking with Selina. Selina threatened to kill Oswald. Alfred convinced her not to and that she should go and save Bruce instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, again, Oswald survives another assassination attempt. He should actually be Catman because he has more than nine lives. <laughs> he can certainly squirm his way out of any impending uh, tight corner. And uh, yeah, the idea that they will go off and build the submarine to escape the mines, to get off um gotham is tantalizing i'm really liking the idea of this without a doubt and i love barbara's reaction to it as well where she goes you've got a plan to get out of here and they go yeah yeah submarine where's the submarine well we have to build it and barbara points the gun back at oswald again and goes right i'm just gonna kill him now there's just no point to this plan that's hilarious really good moments from these characters i love how they've been able to use all the characters this season so far. We've mentioned it a couple of times, but because we're getting to the end, they really do want to have everybody working with each other over the course of this season. They really want to find situations where you would have people that haven't traditionally sat down with each other for a while and put them in scenes together. So I'm really happy that we're seeing things like having Ed and Oswald back on screen together again. We haven't had them on screen together for a while, you know? Having Barbara on screen with the two of them, Tabitha is gone and is the catalyst, I suppose, for all of this happening. Yeah. But it's great to have, you know, Selena genuinely being angry at Oswald and hiding it so that she can get what she wants out of him. I think that's really cool. And yeah, having all these people together. The final line from Oswald as Barbara leaves where he goes, so who's the lucky father? As if they've suddenly become friends again. And Barbara telling him to shut up. Great moments. Really, really good. Yeah, she's a, she has a great line in here where she goes, um, you know, her and Selena were going to have murder halvesies on Oswald, but she's going to have to come uh, and do it uh, herself. Uh-huh. And, and coming back to the who who's the lucky father, you know, and Ed immediately says, you're glowing, you know, seeing the the absolute confidence that she delivers this. And I, I think, you know, does Ed want Oswald to be murdered here as well? Because he certainly had the gun up in his face as well, only a few moments before. So mm-hmm. it, it's just really, really good. And it kind of brings these um, three amigos together in a really dysfunctional way. So um, I must say, this was really, really good. Yeah, and I don't know why, but I, I really do like the idea that Ed's able to tell that Barbara's pregnant from across the room. Within an instant of walking into that room, he just goes, 
you're pregnant. You're glowing. I can see it from across here. It just it seems to strike that it's of an, some kind of an extra intelligence that uh, that Ed has that he'd be working out the way that she's standing or the way that she's moving. You know, he's that kind of guy that's watching everything that's going on in the room to see what uh, he can he can get out of it. I suppose. Uh, I love that there's uh, up on Reddit there was a post which is just the pregnancy test that is Ed Nigma. He should go into that business basically. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. But there you go. That's everything going on with Oswald Selena. And Barbara, I think, uh, so far. And Ed, of course. Uh, John, do you want to take us on to case note three? Yeah, case note number three, Leslie and Jim in the Narrows. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they're tracking down uh, people responsible for the death of uh, some of the chessmen, uh, which is a gang in in Gotham. And they've gone back down to the Narrows to have a look. I think the thing here is that they have a Z on the the chest cut out of them. There is poisonous gas that has been used um, and fake moustaches as well all over uh, on their top lips. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, really interesting here. But Leslie and Jim team up to try and track down who has done this, why they have done this, because there is a sense that they will be able to reinstate the bridges so that they can connect back in with the mainland uh, from the military. And, of course, all these murders... All this different activity um, could jeopardize all that. Um, So they they begin this investigation here. There's a lot of really good moments where they're discussing about the impending birth of Barbara's child. And you can see Leslie um, (laughs) really taking Jim to task here. Uh, And it's really nicely done. But ultimately, um, they are captured um, in Ace Chemicals, which is where they end up Mm -hmm. uh, on this trail to face both Echo and the amazing Jervis Tetch, a.k.a. Mad Hatter. Oh, it's so great to see Jervis Tetch back. As always, really, really cool to see him on the show. I know it's a very small part in here, but I suppose it's so important to the overall storyline that so many people here need to be uh, brainwashed. And you do have a character that can brainwash them, so it's it's absolutely the right thing to do. It's exactly what you would do in a comic book. Usually TV shows don't get away with this because when you have a guest star like Benedict Samuel who plays Jervis Tetch, he may be working on other projects, so you're not able to bring him in for just, you know, half an hour of one episode, you know. So it's kind of cool that they're able to do this. You know, it would definitely be littered into the animated series or into the comic books where you'd have this character, of course, on call because he's in the city. You know, it's, it's kind of cool to be able to do that, definitely. Yeah, um, but at Ace Chemicals, they're, they're generating all this poisonous... Um, gunk that is used, it, well, it was used against the chessmen and later on uh, looking to be used against the whole of the city of Gotham. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, there is one interesting discussion that's going on as well with Lee and Jim while they're there. They have the discussion about Barbara being pregnant because Barbara has come to Leslie as a really good doctor looking for her to become her gynecologist um, for the birth of the child. And it does make sense. You know, Leslie is a very good doctor. She's one of the well, well-known doctors. And the hospital's gone. Most of the doctors got out of the city before the bombs went off effectively or before... <laughs> uh, it was all cut off to the world. So, of course, Leslie's the right choice there. I think that's interesting. It really is. Can I just say as well, quickly interject, uh, because Babs does a great line when she's trying to convince Leslie to be her uh, doctor. She goes, you wouldn't kick Jim's baby mama to the curb, um, which is just really nicely <laughs> yep. done. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. But interestingly, Jim is basically saying that he would. He's effectively saying... Barbara's crazy. She might be pregnant with my child, but he kind of indicates that when the baby's born, he'll take responsibility for the baby. He'll 
Uh, he'll either take both of them in or he'll just take the child in and push her away, which is quite interesting, especially speaking to Leslie, a former partner of his, uh, who's kind of saying, mm, I don't really want to know about this. <laughs> this seems like a bit of a weird thing. You know, remember, I didn't have my memories for a day or two. I'm, I'm only just back <laughs> in this world. You know? But I mean, after everything that happens as well in this episode, we do have Leslie and Jim, you know, Leslie initially um slaps away Jim's advances. Mm-hmm. Dare I say it, she is a um there's the slappers McSlapperson going on here <laughs> from Leslie uh to to resist Jim's advances. But then they go in for the full on kiss, a massive snoggy McSnoggerson then from, <laughs> from Jim. So uh yeah, Jim has really been reconnecting with his uh ex-fiancés for Mm -hmm. sure i do think as well what was nice about this whole thing um in the narrows as well was just the the kind of bit more of the emotional look back because leslie did lose um their child you know it it was lost and with all the violence and chaos and craziness in Gotham. Well, that's when Jim went to prison, wasn't yeah, it? That the stress so, that she was under made her lose the baby. And you so, know, it's, it's interesting to reiterate that as well. And obviously, the reason why they're in the narrows and the reason why Leslie and Jim are teaming up is because of all of the time Leslie spent there last season with, with Ed. So, yeah, as queen uh, of the narrows. Yeah. So uh, really good here. But ultimately, they do get... Um, pinned down by Echo and Jervis Tetch. Mm-hmm. Echo on roller skates, so cool. doing some really nice rebar work uh, on Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was superb. And I do like that once they're all um, tied up uh, and um, they're kind of trying to, you know, persuade Jervis that maybe he's not a lackey to Jeremiah, but he just goes and brainwashes them anyway. But there is a fantastic moment with Echo with her walkie-talkie <laughs> to tell her boss that she has them uh, where... I think the aerial on the walkie-talkie must be about 100 metres tall or something. She just keeps racking it up. And you just notice this off-screen, just slightly off-centre from the camera shot, and yeah. it is really funny. Yeah, when I was it's speaking proper to... proper kooky. Absolutely, yeah. When I was speaking to uh, Francesca Ruth Johnson about the scene, she was saying that the whole time that's what she was doing was just playing with this aerial on the CB radio. She was saying it's about four and a half feet tall. Uh, so that's quite interesting. It's just this huge, long aerial that allowed her <laughs> to, for the whole scene and while the whole conversations are going on, to just be pulling out the aerial before talking. So uh, really good fun. Loved the scene. and loved to see Echo and Jervis uh, working together again. Remember, they were both together in the first episode of Echo. He's the one that... Um, that brainwashed her to fight against Jim and Harvey, who who were in uh, Jeremiah's plant, effectively, under the ground. Remember that uh, that maze that was there? Those wonderful scenes where we had uh, Jervis Tetch working with Scarecrow, uh, trying to, uh, for Jerome, trying to get back um, Jeremiah for him, which is quite an interesting scene if you think back all that time. So great to see all these characters working together, as I said. Definitely, definitely. Uh, On to case note number four, a return to the big night. Mm -hmm. Yes, line up, ladies and gentlemen, because it is time to go back to that night, the recreation of uh, the death of Thomas and Martha Wayne. And wow, does Jeremiah certainly plan ahead even bringing in the Zorro connection with Mm -hmm. Bruce Wayne and Batman and of course it gives the reason why we had the Zeds in the chest of the chessman yeah. uh, earlier on in the episode. So really, really good. Yeah. Yes, the mustachioed chessman. I absolutely thought that Jim Gordon was going to get some kind of inspiration from them and take 
the uh, moustache off one of them and put it on his face. I suppose if they hadn't been bubbling full of the uh, of the toxin, he might have actually <laughs> yeah. thought about it. But uh, but yeah, really interesting. This connection with Zara has gone back for years, uh, all the way back to the original creation of the character. Um, Bill Finger, when he was doing the original creation of Batman, his original uh, character style, I suppose. Uh, he chose chose Zorro as a bit of the inspiration for Batman. Zorro had his own Zorro cave, and obviously the Batcave is a very important part of the Batman mythos. Some of the costume is quite similar to uh, the Zorro costume. Um, and the actual title screen that's used in this episode, saying that it's a Douglas Fairbanks original uh, version of Zorro, well, that's because that's the original one that inspired Bill Finger uh, when he was doing the creation of the character. Um, that's the only version of Zorro that would have been out at the time that he would have been able to see, which I just think is quite interesting. A nice little touch there. All also, uh, Zara was used back in Frank Miller's version of Batman, uh, where he effectively said that Bruce Wayne was heavily inspired by Zara to take up uh, his mask and his cowl to go out and save people and help people because Zara struck fear into the heart of other men. Jeremiah even uses that as his quote to Bruce, trying to work out from the screen why it is that Bruce is so interested in this character as Arrow. Uh, but it is the movie. It's been established in the comic books. And I think forevermore when we see uh, the original origin story of Bruce Wayne, we'll always see that it is uh, this movie that he's gone to see, the Marcus Arrow. It's been used in many of the films and also in the comic books now. So uh, really cool that they've put this in to Gotham as part of the origin story. It's really tying stuff back to the comics again after the many, many years of creating their own mythos and their own history. Uh, taking these big cues from the comics is really cool. Yeah, this is really, really good. It is kind of like origin within the origin within the origin. It's the nod to the comics, nod to the creation by Bill Finger of of Batman and mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. And of course, then we're taken back to Crime Alley, where Jeremiah is about to kill, we think, the two doppelgangers. But mm. actually, he's already killed them. Uh, not in front of Bruce Wayne, not that huge event that we thought was going to be. Uh, but he's just finished them off. He no longer has any use for them uh, because instead the, uh, the the two little presents that uh, the Mad Hatter and Echo have brought back to him in the form of Jim and Leslie Tompkins have now been dressed up as his parents because he's going to shoot them instead. Just as Bruce Wayne uh, mentions that this isn't real. You're not going to affect me by killing two innocent people. Yeah. Just stop it, Jeremiah. I mean, you know, he really is trying to plead with him here. Um, Jeremiah kind of has completely twisted it again on its head mm-hmm. because he's killed the two doppelgangers. And in front, as they turn around, which was just like, oh, okay, this is going to really affect him. There is Leslie Tompkins and Jim Gordon who he's going to shoot uh, instead. And then you see the the stress come on uh, Bruce Wayne's face here. And I think mm-hmm. David Mazouz plays it really, really nicely. He really does, I must say. And I have to say, watching the episode, the reveal is done so well. Even with Leslie Tompkins having different colour hair from Martha Wayne. She's got black hair. It's tied up in a similar style. But even with her having black hair, I didn't notice it because... All the clothes are the same. They look very similar kind of height from behind, which I'm sure is the purpose. But I thought it was so well done as a reveal because when Jeremiah's on screen, your eyes are right on him the whole time. And you're just kind of seeing these things in the background. Totally could have seen that that was Leslie and Jim the second time you're watching it. But the first time I thought they just set the scene up really, really well. Yeah, I think you're definitely in the moment with uh, David Mazous, Bruce Wayne here. Yeah. 
because he's the one that you're really feeling for because of this crazy kind of nasty plan by Jeremiah, really. But I love that, that Bruce does call it out as well. He's kind of gone, but this isn't going to work. You're obviously crazy if you think you're going to insert yourself in my life by killing two innocent people. All you're going to be doing is killing two innocent people. And in the style that my parents were killed in, this will do nothing for me, you know? Um, there's no way I can save them, so what's the point, really? I like I like that he tries to bargain with them in that way, and then when he finds out that it's Jim and, and Leslie, it's very much, oh, well, if you kill Jim, that's really going to affect me. That It will accomplish, I suppose, what Jeremiah's plan is, and he did that on a dime. Everything else seems to have planned months in advance, but this is something that he just planned because Jeremiah's Tetch happened to be bringing the two of them to him. Yeah, no, I I think so. And it's a real nice moment from Jeremiah where he goes, you know, if we can't be bound by friendship, um, then we will be bound by hate. Yes. Uh, A really, really good uh, moment. So the question I have is, did Jeremiah lay the plan so that Leslie and Jim followed the leads that he had laid out with the chessmen from the Narrows, that they followed the leads to go to... Ace Chemicals and be picked up by Jervis Tetch. I know Jervis Tetch was there to brainwash the other member of the chessmen to work the factory effectively, but do you think Jeremiah had, had built this whole thing up? Was he just pretending that that wasn't part of his plan because it seems so perfect? Yeah, I mean, I just, it could be, mm-hmm. it really could be, but I, I just wonder, it, it seems a little too uh, convenient uh, that that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly by putting the the bodies on display like they did the film set the the death by the poison mm-hmm. the zed on the chest it is really asking for it to be investigated and who else but jim yeah uh, and it's in the narrows so with leslie back in town uh then she has that intimate knowledge so i think it could be and it, it would play to that um organization that jeremiah has really yeah i think what he wasn't expecting was for selena to be on the catwalk the the kind of those classic fire escapes that is uh, totally above. my fault i'm yeah. sorry i always put it in the notes that she's on the catwalk because it's catwoman <laughs> obviously but yeah i absolutely love this tie back again to the pilot episode she was the first character that we watched in the pilot episode making her way to crime alley as Bruce and his parents are there and his parents get killed. We've heard Selena talk about it this season, her regret for not actually doing anything when she was in that alley. And we all kind of looked at it going, well, she was only a kid. She couldn't really have done anything. And she proves that actually she could have done something if she had access to the whip and if she had access to the moves that were taught to her by Tabitha. She actually could have stopped the killing of Bruce Wayne's parents. Um, I love this. And I also love that they get that moment to sit down later on. And Selena says to Bruce, I should have done something. She ap- apologizes to him for the last conversation they had. And Bruce says, Selena, you've done enough, you know? Yeah, he definitely. Tells, he tells her that he's okay with whatever's happened in the past, that they are back to being on the same level with each other as they have been in the past. And I did think they were going to kiss as well. With the fact that uh, Leslie and Jim had been um, kissing and and really Mm -hmm. going for it um, beforehand, I was like, well, where's their kiss? So there was no kissing and kisses in the... (laughs) I know, back cat for life, huh? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But this is, you know, Selena's intervention means that Jeremiah is able to escape along with Echo. And we see a a, a truck laden with the fireworks with this toxin in. And and Jim runs off to save (laughs) uh, and stop that effectively. Yep. Um, Which, unfortunately, it does somehow, fireworks 
uh, still manage to go off underwater or, or whatever happens there. I think it probably just they get wet and it, just it leaks out. out. Yeah. Um, but and, what a nice touch again to another callback to the pilot to have Jim's way of solving his problem is go to the docks throw the thing off into the river just like he did with Oswald Cobblepot in the first season of Gotham in the first episode of Gotham so a nice little callback again to our pilot episode but I have to say that really did feel like Jim Gordon falling into Batman 66 (laughs) the truck full of of fireworks is hilarious I love how it's just rocking back and forward like they're made of cardboard (laughs) yeah yeah, definitely just hilarious Uh, really really good scenes but yeah really good and we do get obviously this leading into Bruce chasing Jeremiah and Echo yes and I think with that onto our case note number five Mm -hmm. the fight at ace chemicals because jeremiah runs back to ace chemicals with bruce in hot pursuit um and you have that you know classic battle on the platform over these huge vats of bubbling chemicals um and it's really really good it was just done so so well and i must say i thought it was um, great that they included it in this because we've had the Red Hood gang in Gotham mm-hmm. uh, and of course in the comics that's one of the the elements here it's the Red Hood that falls in to become the Joker yeah um, we have in the movies with Tim Burton's Batman we have Jack Nicholson above the the vats um, and Batman knocking him in and mm-hmm. creating the Joker it's Jack Napier wasn't it was yeah Jack Napier, Napier. Yeah. Uh, and he was the one that had shot. Uh, Bruce's parents mm-hmm. and now we have Jeremiah um, fighting with with Bruce battling above these vats uh, and then Bruce getting the one-upmanship that makes him fall into the vat of chemicals oh and absolutely having Bruce Wayne on top of Jeremiah punching him in the face going you mean absolutely nothing to me your plan has had absolutely no effect on me at all you mean nothing you will never mean anything no matter what you do. It's just a wonderful moment with Bruce uh, as we see it. And as you say, it is a mistake. It is a complete error. Bruce is just getting out of the way of Jeremiah's punch and Jeremiah falls into the vat. So no involvement, no pushing from Bruce or anything like that. It can't be seen as his fault. This was totally Jeremiah's fault. Definitely Jeremiah's fault here. And I think the the great thing is that we do see him later on in uh, the hospital mm. with Bruce and Selena uh, sort of stood over him and he's completely disfigured and he's called out as being effectively brain dead here in this moment. No brain activity. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're not a threat. There are some people in the world that even with no brain activity, they're a huge threat. Well, um, I would say that Professor Strange may be about to come to town. Yes, yes. I am um, a brain replacement possibly. Uh, maybe has the brain waves of one... Jerome Velasca on file from that time when he had a mm-hmm. clone, possibly, yeah. uh, that might be available. Uh, yeah, some interesting, interesting ideas. And I think we're going to see somebody back, maybe another Mr. J back later on in the season. Most definitely. The interesting thing was he wasn't white. The The face wasn't white. It was still flesh-coloured. Yes. So interesting that. just I mean, the only reason I say that is because within um, Tim Burton's Batman... Uh, that scene where Jack Nicholson has, or the Joker has to put on the the flesh colour uh, um, foundation effectively yeah. to blend in because underneath it's white. 
interestingly here, Jeremiah's um, skin is still very much kind of flesh-colored, but very, very disfigured yeah. as well. So, yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah, definitely be intrigued to see that in the future. One other thing does happen in the episode, as we said, which is Jim and Lee rekindling their relationship. Um, I love the line from Lee saying, we can't change the past, so I guess we'll have to live with it. Something that she'd really pinned on Jim, and, and it was the reason why their relationship never happened again after Jim left her, is because she said well, all the things you did in the past is the reason why I can't get back with you. So her finally kind of hanging up that hook is a nice little touch at the end of this episode as well. So very interesting in the last two, three episodes, we have Jim going back to Barbara and impregnating her and then now going back with Lee as well. So very interesting. Yeah, right? good you know, stuff. Good yeah. stuff indeed. It's yeah. just fun to get as, as we're getting towards the end of the season. We need to wrap up a lot of Jim's storylines. So things are happening a little bit faster for him than probably have ever happened in any of the previous seasons. So with that onto our notes, what was the Gotham moment of the week i think for me mm-hmm. um it's echo with her ariel to be honest Fantastic. um really <laughs> funny stuff you know yeah. it's just a nice little touch that you know the crazy echo is just kind of doing this in the background as tech is hypnotizing and brainwashing leslie and jim yeah yeah really good for me definitely the conversation between ed nigma and oswald cobblepot that they have a plan to build the penguin submarine um but they have to build it before they can leave the city so that will keep ed and oswald in the city for quite a lot longer i would say building a submarine must take a bit of time right yes i cannot imagine that oswald is the um physical labor type of person mm-hmm. um i can't imagine he's that good with his hands in terms of building a submarine but we'll see Maybe some of the chess men might come along to help who've been brainwashed in those chemicals since they may, may be out of a job. But of course, you can't continue on saying Gotham moments of the week without mentioning, of course... Jeremiah falling into the vat of, of chemicals at Ace Chemicals is the most Gotham of Gotham moments that's ever Gotham, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> of course. It, and it was that wow moment so of really, uh, you know, going back to the origin of this uh, character as we knew it before Gotham started, because obviously with Jerome and Jeremiah, there has been this huge um, opening up potentially of the J-O-K-E-R character, you know? (laughs) So really good stuff. I think Gotham character of the week, it was Mm -hmm. really nice to see the original Martha and Thomas Wayne coming back uh, for this episode as well in terms of Brett Taylor and Grayson McCouch. Uh, coming back to uh, reprise those roles. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely my Gotham got character of the week. I have to choose two this week, uh, seeing the two of them back on screen together and just being dispatched by by Jeremiah is just quite an interesting uh, choice in the episode. Yeah, completely. So, John, this was the big week of Gotham. Did it match your expectations? How would you rate the episode? It really did. I uh, gave this five cheese and Branson pickle sarnies out of five. Nice. Yeah, yeah. You know, some nice granary bread, uh, a nice spread of Branson pickle with a good mature cheddar cheese mm-hmm. on it. Uh, toasted, if you will. Yeah. You can leave the aioli out from for me. That that seems like a bit of a hipster addition. I think so. uh, for me, but certainly um, five out of five. Five cheese and ham. 
pickle sarnies, sandwiches, or toasties uh, out of five. But remember, be light on the Branston pickle. It's a very strong flavor. If you're trying to emulate Bruce's favorite dinner, uh, make sure you don't use too much of the Branston pickle. It's lovely, a really nice uh, taste to it when you're making a, a cheddar cheese sandwich effectively but uh, but yeah don't use too much of it very, yeah very it's, it's kind of like a chutney so yeah. um you know be careful with it treat it with respect so to speak yeah. we have made a pact with one of our fellow gothamites that we will eat some pb and j if they eat a uh, a toasted cheddar cheese and branston pickle sandwich so um we'll see how that goes and pb and j for all you non-american mm-hmm. listeners i is peanut butter and jello okay. or also jam Oh, definitely not Jello, John. That's uh, that's jelly for us. So we will try that out uh, if our fellow Gothamites are going to try out the Branston pickle and cheddar cheese sandwich. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, great episode. You know, it had St. Patrick's Day with the river going green. It had bonfire <laughs> night with the fireworks. It had Ace Chemicals. And um, for all those raves that you would do, um, it was really, really good. It had, you know, so much... Um, going for the origin of the Joker and the development of Bruce Wayne with his nemesis, you know, uh, both connections back to uh, Bill Finger and the and the development and inspiration for this character of Batman and Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne. There is the nods to the comics, nods to the, the movies. So this was really, really good. And I absolutely thought um, it was worth the wait. So yeah, a, a Big top five out of five for me for this episode of Gotham. Excellent. Yes, such a good episode. Really, really enjoyed it and totally deserves a five out of five for this week. Excellent, excellent episode. Looking forward to more next week. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm seeing people talk in some of the groups on Reddit and on on, uh, Twitter and some of the groups on Facebook and stuff where they don't know when the series is going to end. So almost after every episode, people go, is that the last episode? Because it's such a big moment and such a big episode. Uh, Is that the last one for the season? You go, no, we've still got five more to go. Loads more story to get out of there from Gotham. Really, really excited to see more. Let's go on to a little bit of feedback, John. Um, we got a bit of feedback from Sam Bacta over on Facebook. Um, on episode 7, he says, Wow, of course the standout moment was the fight between Bruce and Jeremiah at Ace Chemicals. In addition to that being such an iconic location, I loved when Bruce knocked Jeremiah down and let loose on him. You could feel the intensity from him after having endured all the mind games leading up to that. Another part I liked was when Bruce hugged Alfred in the tunnels. It was a nice moment that was juxtaposed with the sadness of seeing Wayne Manor blow up. Absolutely, such an iconic location. Obviously lost. I remember when... Uh, when Sean Pertwee was talking about the filming of these episodes, saying this was the last time they've ever filmed in Wayne Manor, and since that's where they spent most of the seasons over the years, was filming in Wayne Manor. It's, it is such a huge part of the show. Uh, Alfred hasn't been a huge part of this season, I feel like. He hasn't gotten much on-screen time, uh, as he's usually as he's usually gotten. So nice to see a little bit of that this season, and obviously nice to have a big hug from Bruce that his best friend is alive and his other father figure is alive. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Sam, for that feedback. Yeah, complete, iconic wow moment on Ace Chemicals. It's always nice when shows do this, I think. You know, the location, the the, the acting, all so good. And uh, yeah, really nice to see that. And I, I agree, that intensity of him sort of just repeatedly hitting and punching Jeremiah in the face uh, was just so good. You, you could feel... Um, the um, intensity from Bruce Wayne, yeah. and you could feel that he'd been baited, and that's why it was happening. Absolutely. Yeah, you mean nothing to me, Jeremiah. Oh, fantastic. 
Also on Facebook uh, for episode seven is Richard Blaze. He says, well, that was all kinds of special. Mm. Cannot believe what a great episode that was. Love the Mad Hatter making a reappearance and the fireworks were just spot on for the Joker. Just a few points. I thought throughout the episode there were direct camera shots from previous Batman movies, Burton and Schumacher era. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Hopefully less from the Schumacher era. Um <laughs> I still see you. Um, (laughs) Richard also goes, also the submarine is straight out of Batman, the movie 1966, which housed Joker, Riddler, Penguin, and Catwoman. Mm -hmm. Cannot wait for next week. Thank you, Richard. Yeah, cannot wait either. And uh, yeah, I think the links here to Batman 66, um, the, the movies, Burton, Schumacher, and the comics, as well as referencing within Gotham, I think was really phenomenal this episode. Yeah, I really, really liked it. It kind of answered some of those people that have been going on about it all the way back from like season one of Gotham where they've been going, that doesn't happen in the comics. That's not the continuity of the movies. That's not my version of Batman. And we've always been saying there's hundreds of versions of Batman. It's been going on for 75 years. There's loads of different stories, loads of different Bruce Waynes. And I love that Zishun has done this episode where he's gone, well, actually, how about we just mix and mingle little bits of those and pieces of all of those origin stories, stick them all together in this little pot and go, this is our one. This is Gotham's one where we're going, actually, our Jeremiah, our Joker is going to insert himself in the history of Bruce Wayne. And maybe the story, you know, like some kind of mythos will build up around him that actually it was the Joker that killed Bruce Wayne's parents because someone oversaw this or someone heard about this story. You know, I think that would be quite interesting. Yeah, definitely. Lovely choice. Lovely choice. Thanks so much for the feedback, Richard. Yeah, thanks, Richard. And we also have a voicemail from Claire Payne. Remember, you can leave up to 90 seconds of voicemail. Just head on over to GothamTVPodcast.com and click on the right-hand side tab to leave your voicemail on anything to do with Gotham Season 5. Watching Ace Chemicals reminded me of the first time I saw Tim Burton's Batman. Bruce being mentally tortured by Jeremiah was twisted and I felt and I, I was left feeling uneasy, just like I did when I read The Killing Joke. So many characters stood out in their own way in this episode, but the return of Jervis Tetch is always welcome. Loved how Lee questioned Jervis's position with Jeremiah. I think Barbara's beautiful deep pink coat deserves a mention. The wardrobe department has always been superb and addressed the characters to the mood of the season, but seeing this pop of colour was perfect. When Ed realised Barbara was pregnant, I thought, oh my goodness, Professor Strange also gave ultrasound powers like a dolphin. So many great moments to discuss, which I know you will do in your own expert way. And yes, I did shed a tear when Wayne Manor went boom. Another great memorable episode. Claire Payne. Thanks so much for your feedback, Claire. Oh, the ultrasonic powers of Ed Nigma. Fantastic. That would be awesome if he has um, the powers of a dolphin as well. Yeah, thank you, Claire, for that. Yeah, so they much. wouldn't even need a submarine then, would they? Yeah, absolutely, no. And Ed could just use his blowhole, uh, indeed. Um, yeah, I know what you mean about that That eerie kind of baiting and situation in Wayne Manor with the, the cheese and Branson pickle toasted mm. sandwich uh, there it it did leave you uneasy um you really see the crazy weirdness of jeremiah here and the creepiness of it mm-hmm. more to the point and just the psychological warfare that he's trying to lay down on uh, bruce wayne here a young bruce wayne it, yeah. it is pretty uneasy it's a little moment of 
you know, this guy really is a psycho. Because sometimes you can get lost in, in in the craziness of it, and it's a bit funny and that. But sometimes you you see um, that that psychotic element of Jeremiah, yeah. and it is um, a different take on the character, indeed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah, totally leaves you off kilter after watching an episode with jeremiah really enjoyed it and just such a wonderful episode thanks so much for your feedback for the episodes only a few more episodes left as i've said every week let us know your thoughts on each of the episodes as they come out you can contact us through the website as john mentioned by voicemail you can email us to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com or why not come and join us on our group over on facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash gothamtvpodcast yes and we tweet out on every episode of gotham just go to our Twitter handle at Gotham TV Podcast. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. And remember to subscribe to our podcast over at GothamTVPodcast.com where you can uh, subscribe to any good or evil podcast catcher. Um, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with Gotham Season 5, Episode 8, Nothing Shocking. I wonder what's going to happen with that one. I think, Nothing shocking. Wow. I think everything's shocking in Gotham. Is exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening, fellow Gothamites. Uh, make sure you check out that interview with Francesca Ruth Dodson. I'm also going to tease once again, we have another interview with another member of the Gotham cast coming up as well uh, over on our feed. Make sure you subscribe so you can get it as soon as it's released as well. Yeah, thank you so much, fellow Gothamites, for joining us. As always, it's a pleasure. I'm going to go and kick Jim's baby mama to the curb. And uh, when I'm back, um, I will probably be told off for doing so. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you off for doing so. <laughs> speak to you soon. Bye. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm David Mazuz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Andrew Sellen, Mr. Penn on Gotham, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lord Taylor, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Francesca Root Dodson. I play Echo on Gotham. You're listening to Gotham TV Podcast.